Hello, Earthlings. This is Naomi Yeager on Doing My Part for Creation Care. In this podcast series, we take a deeper dive into issues surrounding environmental stewardship. We pray for our environment as we ponder our call to be good stewards of it. Call to be good stewards of it. Call to be good stewards of it. To be good stewards of it. Don't you do butterflies? Yes, I do. Yeah. Monarch population is down 90% in the last 20 years. So trying to do my part for the world, but yeah, plus they're beautiful. Trying to do my part for the world, but yeah, plus they're beautiful. What I'm passionate about. What I'm passionate about. and really make an effort to to make a difference. Things that we can do. Things that we can do. Join me, your host, Naomi Yeager, on Doing My Part for Creation Care. Each month, we will have an in-depth conversation with someone who is passionate about caring for God's green earth. Episodes drop once a month. You can listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It used to be... Paper or plastic. It's changed to... Would you like a bag for five cents? This is Naomi, and this podcast series is called Doing My Part for Creation Care, where we will discuss ideas behind environmental sustainability. This show will take a deeper dive of sustainability. Because the world isn't a yes or no, black or white, easily settled universe. Tonight, after debating the issue for two months, the Duluth City Council has passed the five-cent plastic bag ordinance. Fox City with Armand Rahman back from the meeting joining us live in the newsroom with the latest Armand. Dan Alexander, after almost four years discussing the issue as a whole, two months discussing the ordinance, and after waiting from last council session to hear back from the Department of Revenue on whether or not the fee would be taxed, the council voted to pass the bag fee six to two with councilors Van Nett and Forsman opposed after an intense discussion. Hello, Earthlings. This is Naomi on Doing My Part. Our next guest on Doing My Part is Jamie Harvey. I best know Jamie for his work on the Baguette Duluth campaign. This was an effort for a Duluth City Ordinance to charge five cents for a plastic bag. The term Baguette comes from a movie of the same name. So we say Baguette Duluth, but there was a movie called Baguette. It's a documentary about Jeb, a man who says he's an average American and no tree hugger. He decides to stop using one-time plastic bags. The movie is both entertaining and serious and inspiring. To illustrate how inspiring the movie is, let me tell you a little story. For years, I'd been trying to get my church to quit using styrofoam cups. And one, one Sunday, I came and I noticed ceramic cups for our coffee hour after church. I was so happy, but a little confused. What got into someone, I wondered. I had been urging the church to ditch the styrofoam for over 10 years. Well, what got into them was inspiration from the movie Bag It. 
Hence the name of the City of Duluth campaign to ditch the plastic bags, Bag It Duluth. Jamie is a professional engineer. He has a degree in civil engineering from McGill University, which is in Montreal, Quebec. He's executive director of the Institute for a Sustainable Future. Are you old enough to have your temperature taken with a glass mercury thermometer? I am. I think most households had them when I was a little girl. Or maybe you're young enough to wonder why do weather announcers use the phrase the mercury dip to? Well, Jamie coordinated a national mercury elimination campaign where he led negotiations with top U.S. retailers to voluntarily eliminate the sale of mercury thermometers. Now I invite you to join me as I visit with Jamie and we talk about environmental things. Let's get started. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was thinking, I know you wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. And uh, I best know you for Baguette Duluth, but I know you do a lot of other things. So can mm -hmm. you just introduce yourself and tell me what you do? I mean, I've read it online and I read it and I'm like, okay, I'm still not sure what he does. Sure. Um, so are we going? Is this, yeah, or, we're yeah, going yeah, yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so what do I do? That's a good question, Naomi. Um, I think deep down, um, I'm curious about our relationship, human relationship, and a relationship to all life, and how that connects, and and how we can do a better job at connecting to one another, and and I think to something bigger, really, a, a bigger consciousness that connects all life. And so, um, throughout my life, that's taken on different guises. I've I've led national and global campaigns around toxics and food systems. I was um, a Living Economy Fellow. I helped coordinate the local Baguette Duluth campaign, which was really about helping shift, or shift uh, to a culture of reuse. And I'm currently the Executive Director of the Psychedelic Research and Training Institute. But all of those, all of those jobs and projects and efforts have really been uh, an exploration of, of systems and connection. Mm-hmm. Um. So it seems like, well, I've talked to you before you know that I'm United Methodist, and in a way, you, I, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like almost a spiritual thing. So in the, in the last couple of years, I've started to um, see this work as something bigger. Um, and I think 10 years ago, I don't know if I would have thought in those terms, but I would say, yeah, it's it's part of it's part of. I think uh, for me, it's just a, a curiosity about what it means to be human, um, and what it means to be human on, on on a spiritual journey, and what it means to be. You know, we're on this planet hurtling through the cosmos. You know, since we've started this little inf this little podcast interview, you and I have changed. You know, we've lost uh, skin cells, we've taken in oxygen and given out carbon. We're, we're different than when we started, even in the short time. So life is always changing. With that comes, for me, like a deeper curiosity. Um, I think as well, when I was doing what some people would call sort of quote-unquote environmental work, 
um, it just, what, what I started to see was that one could either sort of try to fix specific things or sort of, um, it was so much easier and a nicer way to do the work when one can see that we're all in this journey together as all life versus trying to fix a certain you know something a toxic or a plastic or something you know that's that's it's so far beyond that it's about what is our shared what is our shared journey um i don't know that's where i get excited by Mm -hmm. yeah uh let's talk about vega duluth (laughs) sure i was looking back and i saw some stuff on the internet that people presented something to the city council in 2017 oh my goodness was it that long ago it seems like two years ago yeah. Well, so it may have it. It feels almost yesterday, and it almost feels like eons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really what you're getting at with that 2017. It's just, I think, it sort of circles back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, oh my goodness, I, I was mm-hmm. actually just getting my winter tires put on. I was chatting with uh, the gentleman behind the counter, and he asked how I was feeling now that the the fee was put into place. And he was sharing how, you know, they've got a three-year-old son, and now they had their reusable bags in the closet like so many people, and now they're using them. And how he's really um, kind of appreciating sort of their little internal family culture shift around reuse. And just need a little bit of prodding. And he asked me how I felt about the ordinance now that it's in place. And, and I must say it's really mixed because, as you said, four years or 2017, that's a really long time for something that just felt so, so simple. Mm-hmm. Right? And also something that the rest of the country and the rest of the globe has really started to embrace. And so it is. It, it's been exhausting, and, and for a while it was just it was just sad uh, for me a little bit about how long just how long it just um, it, it kind of takes. Um, and also, I think um, that's we just we just have to um, recognize that time you know change takes a little while. And so I think it's the, it's sort of holding those two those those two sort of dichotomies. Um, is what's what can be hard for people. They see an urgency about we need to do X, Y, and Z right now. So mm-hmm. it's that mixture of being, you know, a human being or a human doing. People just want to do something, and sometimes you just got to sit and be. And and I think I came to Duluth in two thousand and five. I was really hoping I could get our church to go over to like ceramic cups. And so we kept using styrofoam cups for the longest time, and it just really irritated me. And then um, there's this woman that goes to our church. She and this other woman saw was it Baggett something there was a film maybe yeah, what was that it was the film was called Baggett which is actually where the name for the campaign came out of and uh-huh. in some ways it did a disservice because I think it made people think it was just about plastic and just about bags when I think those of us who were on the committee saw it as something bigger saw it as and the values that we were really talking about was shifting to a you know a, a culture of reuse and and that a you know a disposable society is built on a belief in disposable people in a disposable planet, and mm-hmm. so it's a mindset that is all. So it's mm-hmm. about shifting mindset. So anyway, these two ladies saw this Baggett movie, and yeah, I had been taking care of my mom and had been gone for months, and I came to church, and here's these ceramic cups for coffee yeah. hour, and I was like, well, what the? I was so happy, but on the other hand, I was like, well, how did that happen? And uh, so I tried to interview this uh, woman, but she was too shy. But, um, well, everything just seemed to come together. And I told her, you know, I am so frustrated. I mean, I am really, really happy. 
But I'm also super frustrated that for 10 years I was trying to get our church to do this. He said, well, you planted this. Yeah, I so. think, yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> it. You know, what we, you plant seeds and you never really know how they're going to grow. Some don't, some don't grow, yeah. how you water them. And someone shared with me the other day, I don't know, um, this sort of this phrase and I don't it was you can't be taught you can only be caught and the idea was that you can teach people to do things or or in this maybe case even tell them right mm-hmm. there's sort of sometimes that teaching can be almost like a telling and people don't often receive that telling very well for for many good reasons but you can be caught you can kind of get caught by sort of that something bigger that sees yourself bigger or sees yourself as part of something so I kind of like that you know you, you can't be taught but you can be caught so it's it's less about sort of the rules but you can just like huh I kind of feel it and, and maybe that's what happened as well with with as well the seeds that you planted mm-hmm. they were caught in wanting yeah there's something something, something yeah. for whatever reason something just shifted right Okay, let's talk about the ordinance. The ordinance basically requires, with some exemptions for uh, low income and um, and uh, that, but that retailers must uh, place a five cent fee on plastic bags. That's it in a nutshell. It's not a tax. It's um, you can, in in many ways, it's about um, putting the true cost of of a reusable society onto the consumer and and. Uh, in so doing, it actually helps helps the retailers because there's an expense to their the cost of bags. Um, but again, it's just on plastics bags. And but it's always been any retailer a retailer can charge ten dollars for a bag. They can charge a hundred dollars. They can charge you know charge for paper bags. They can mm-hmm. you know and 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 so um, I do know that um, many retailers now are now charging for paper. Um, and the reality mm-hmm. is that paper is more expensive. Than, than plastic, and we knew, and we proposed to City Council that the the fee should be on plastic and paper. City Council decided that they didn't want to do that, um, trying to protect the local paper industry, and it's just, oh, yeah, it just it just it gets you know it's like oh my goodness, what is better? What is once you start protecting certain specific interests, you just you start to lose. Um, and so, in any case, um, now now stores are charging for paper, uh, the same amount for citizens who are. For those those few actually who are up in arms, yeah. um, recognizing that a store has a right to charge and do what they want. Yeah, well, I have a friend who's friend in real life, but on Facebook he was just worked up about them charging for these paper bags, mm-hmm. and then uh, he private messaged me and said, "Well, they are compostable, and it's clearly wrong to charge for something that's compostable." I thought, well, that's your opinion, I guess, but... You know, I think once um, once you start teasing out the issues, I think what is confusing for people is that we've been sort of led to believe that issues are black and white, and, and they're not always that. And I know you've been involved in the whole sustainable sustainability world and creation care for, for a while, and so you recognize that, that it's not always as easy. You know, it's not do this or do that. And mm-hmm. so... You know what the research says around uh, single-use bags is that paper has a much bigger climate footprint, um, but um, but don't last as long as this person that you shared said. Um, so in the case of more cons- compostable, yes, but its life cycle has bigger climate emissions than plastic. But plastic ha- stays stays much longer in the environment and breaks down into microparticles. It's got to- a higher toxic footprint than paper, and so it's not as easy. It's not, and and I think it's hard for people to um, tr- who are trying to do the right thing to kind of they they want one answer. Ultimately, I am guided.
guided broadly by um, ecological principles. What does um, the natural world, which we are part of, um, sometimes uh, it's easy to forget that. that um, and what, what are those cycles of life that connect us? And we know that materials, um, our bodies, um, tree log, uh, trees, they decompose into, um, into base constituents, which are then reused again and to create new life. Um, and so I think this idea of single use and throwing away it just doesn't fit in with that, um, and and that's what the research actually says as well. So, mm-hmm. I've I've had I've had um, uh, a good friend try to uh, a private message me saying uh, that this campaign around plastic single-use bags was all wrong because the biggest issue was uh, around plastic particles had nothing to do or was minimally re- uh, the bags were minimally responsible for the small plastic particles in the waterway or lack of a better uh, metaphor a gateway drug to different ways of thinking right yeah like how can we start using and and so there again this is someone who's you know uh, highly educated and just for whatever reason i don't i don't think she was necessarily even tends to be you know pro environment if you want to use those terms but it was it was sort of the little fact or she misunderstood broader goals of the campaign but you know regardless um here we are and we've got a fee and um we have whole states you know uh, was to make uh, plastic straws available only by request and to phase out the use of styrofoam containers. Um, and we have whole states that are doing that, you know, mm-hmm. whole states. And it's not as though their economies have crumbled. Life is still going on. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just, um, but but clearly our city council, you know, we had two city councilors who, um, they were not supportive. And, and even, you know, we, we met with the restaurants and none of them, uh, as I remember the conversation, was necessarily opposed to w- what we were doing. They just didn't like being told that they had to. And so it's like, oh my goodness, like, yeah. aren't we part of a bigger community? Uh-huh. Right? Like yeah. it's just, it's just, it's, own. it's, um, it's oh. curious. It's, mm-hmm. I'm curious about that, but here we are, um, yeah. and bit by bit. And so back in March when COVID was just ramping up in the United States, I was at Perk Place and, uh, and, uh, she says, oh, we're not going to do that. I said, why not? And she said, well, because of COVID and we don't really know what's going on. She said, how does that make you feel? And I was like, well, I understand that you, you have to, you're a business, and you got to keep your customers safe, and you don't really understand what's going on with COVID and how it's transmitted. Then when I went again to, uh, last week I went there, and I thought about this before I went there. I thought, yeah, am I going to use a single-use mug? I, so when I ordered, I said, would you please put that in a real cup? And she said, I'm sorry, we're not using them. And I said, well, why not? And she's, and this was an employee. The first person that I talked to was an owner. But she says, well, we don't really know what's going on with germs and stuff. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I think what was interesting is I've done a lot of work nationally and globally around uh, around some of these bigger and broader policy issues. And I've had the chemical industry follow me and colleagues around the country and record and record me. They're lawyers. Um, and it's it's quite intimidating. It's very intimidating. And it's a way to kind of scare you. Um, we found their notes at a big conference that we were holding with major healthcare systems. We found the notes and how they were going to target the nuns. And because a lot of the um, Catholic health systems were allies in this broader work around environment and creation care. So I'm familiar with what the messaging and the power of industry that is trying to sow fear and sow dissent. I know that's one of their tactics. It's well documented in many documentaries and books and so forth. I remember uh, a number of years ago, a city councillor in, in Superior, who at the time was, he was a, well, still is a veteran, uh, but was concerned about the uh, about uh, the broader issue of obesity in this country and, and the trouble that actually the armed forces were having in recruiting just because uh, 
our, our youth and our young adults being, being out of shape. And so he, he actually introduced an ordinance that would prohibit uh, fast food establishments from putting toys giveaways as uh-huh. and because we know that the fast food industry uses as a means to hook kid as one of the many means to hook kids into purchasing their their fatty foods and soft drinks and so forth so really well intentioned and i was chatting with them and i said you know you're going to have senior leadership from the fast food industry like come into superior and he laughed and said oh no this is we're superior the term we're a small town mm-hmm. the next day he called me up and sure enough a senior vice president had shown up and asked to have a meeting because they were so scared. And so around this issue of, of COVID and reuse, you know, as soon as COVID hit, the marketing and media arm of the plastics industry uh, whipped into shape and put a bunch of op-eds around the country because they have people who make a lot of money and that's their sole job is to put op-eds, uh, opinion editorials into the newspapers all around the country sharing how, and they selectively picked the evidence that didn't necessarily say that uh, reusables could uh, spread COVID, um, not, not in a definitive way, but created enough fear. And COVID was fearful enough for people that compounded with sort of the suggestion of uh, that COVID could spread COVID. It created a, a, a community of fear. And so I think that's what happened and it's still residual. So it was responsible in some ways for the delay of uh, the, the first delay of the ordinance. Yeah, let's um, talk about that. Yeah. That order, ordinance was supposed to start April 1st, 2020. Is that right? You know, um, yeah, had, that was, that yeah. was, that was, I think that's right. And then that's it was like, correct. oh, COVID! Mm-hmm. And so we're going to uh, push that back. Yep. And the city council said that. And uh, and so now it just started on yeah. April. So then it was delayed again. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, Gary Anderson introduced and got support for another delay. And, you know, it was just, it was, I, it was, I, so I think the idea there was to lessen people's concerns, but... You know, there's multiple con- concerns we're facing. We're, and, you know, as we know, um, COP26 in Glasgow just just has just ended, and so mm-hmm. there's a you know threat of endangered species and climate change, and so, you know, um, I think it's just how, how do we navigate and move forward? But yeah, that's sort of the rough timeline. But yeah, so yeah, I know I personally was excited for it in April, and then it was pushed back, and then pushed back, and then I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that seems like how it goes with environmental things that you want to get started. Um, I, 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 it, <laughs> I, I think if it's if if what it starts to do, what if it if if it starts to force a different sort of culture and way of thinking, it's it's a lot harder. And I think that's what this bag fee was about. People would. Um, and I think that's when it can be a little harder because you're asking people to sort of change what they've been doing or, or broader cultures um, sort of encouraged, which was in this case just providing free throwaway bags. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, um, I don't. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd fully agree with you that it's mm-hmm. always hard. I think it just kind of depends on the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the closer it is to home, uh, that meaning what people feel a personal impact, mm-hmm. it's easier to do. And I think sort of the, the challenge for Duluth is that. We live uh, from all, ap- all in all appearances. This beautiful, well, it is beautiful and and pristine in some ways, but and sort of imparts a sense that mm, 
we're free and not connected to some of the bigger issues that other people front frontline communities you know if we're um, living next to a refinery and you know our neighbors across the the river in superior have definitely um, you know um, uh, there was an incident around, a uh, very serious incident around uh, a couple of years ago around the refinery. But if you're closer to the, the pollution or the whatever it is that's impacting you, I think you can gauge people a little bit more easily. But some of these threats, um, you know, the species collapse, it's it's like how does it, like when it's not, you know, we may see fewer songbirds, we may see fewer things, but it just, it's sort of like a, a frog and there's that ex- metaphor of a frog in boiling water. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't hop out because the temperature is increasing slowly. And, and climate change, it's, some of these issues are, um, people don't really know how, how um, or don't always necessarily see how they're going to be impacted. We can feel a little bit um, in, in, in a town, in a beautiful, beautiful city like Duluth, or, you know, the fact that every one of us in this community has, um, on average, around 110, 115 industrial chemicals that have known human health impacts in your body. We have dioxin, we have PCBs, we have, you know, um, uh, fluorinated chemicals, you know, all of these are in our bodies. And so, um, and with known health impacts. And so these are subtle. We don't see them. It's not like we're picking dioxin up and eating it and can sort of say, oh, I, I don't want to eat that. Or, you know, it's in our food and mm-hmm. BPA and all these, all of these issues. And so, again, they're sort of, they're sort of in, in somewhat invisible th- threats. Um. That wraps up our episode with Jamie Harvey and Baggett Duluth. Thanks for listening. Our next episode is going to be an interview with Lene Rhodes. Lene owns an organic health and beauty company right here in Duluth, Minnesota, where she mixes together products to make cosmetics, soaps, shampoos, and lotions. Join me, your host, Naomi Yeager, on Doing My Part for Creation Care. Each month, we will have in-depth conversations with someone who's passionate about caring for God's green earth. Episodes drop once a month. You can listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.